Hey, if you suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, make sure you call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. Free consultations are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Dial 713-322-HURT. That's 713-322-HURT. Or you can go to the website, DaspitLaw.com. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell in You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. John and Lance. Apparently, Lance got breakfast for himself, Del. Is that the most selfish thing you've ever heard of? He got breakfast for himself. And someone is the, he, he had to, he wanted to end the segment so he could go. The first time we've hit a break in like two weeks. It's a spiteful way to, yeah. to show that, look at me, I can get breakfast too. My friend, I don't care. I mean... Either he, I can get breakfast here, I can get breakfast later. It's not the flex he thinks it is. Okay, you got breakfast tacos. I've never had those before. He just ordered food for himself, for himself. to prove a point. Not mm-hmm. because he's that hungry. He just wants to show that he can get food and right. we can't. Although, right. I could just order something too if I want it. Yeah. No, no, no. You know what I'm going to do? Just order some food. That's what I'll do. But I don't mind him ordering food. Eat what you want, but don't not make it back for the segment. Yeah. Yeah, how about a little professionalism? Mix it in. He could have that food delivered to the front door, have, send an intern down to get it, but he just decided, I'm out for a breakfast taco. J.P. France, he should be Rookie of the Month, and he should be in the Rookie of the Year conversation. He has been unbelievable. They've won his last six starts. He had a, a 2 3 0 this month. He's had a 1 1 1 8 8 ERA since June 29th. Here he is after yet another win last night. He was 4 0 this month. 4 0 this month with a 2 3 0. Here he is uh, talking about his recent performances. I think that's what I think. I'm just riding a wave right now. Um, I, I mean, confidence is always going to go up as, as the starts keep going. Um, but no, honestly, just taking it one start at a time, uh, building off of the good stuff that happened in the past outings, and then if stuff say doesn't go your way, kind of just learn from it, forget about it. But you know, like I said, just one step at a time and keep it rolling. It's uh, it, he has been. Unbelievable! You want to? It's guy after guy. Was Chaz McCormick heralded coming out? Kyle Tucker was right. Kyle Tucker was. Jeremy Pena was not heralded coming out. I mean, it's like, well, I mean, a little bit. Yeah, he was drafted fairly early. Well, they, you know what they had? Jeremy, he, a second round in, pick in the Dominican. He was uh, uh, the deep, he won the Gold Glove in the Dominican uh, League. He was, a, you know, he so went to college at Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, he's a Connecticut kid. Okay, but he is not. I mean, he wasn't a. He didn't change the any kind of thoughts about what the. And he wasn't even their number one. I think Corey Lee was when 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 Pena came up. Yeah, Corey Lee was has been a top prospect forever, or was or was, and 
Pedro Leon. Pe- uh, what's his name? Uh, the Forrest pitcher, Whitley. Forrest Whitley. These are the top prospects. And, and, and that's why Andrew, the Astros are like at the bottom of all the rankings. Yeah, that's and Andrew yet Diaz. it's guy after guy after guy. Now, McCormick has not. So, McCormick is still. We're still. He's in the middle of a good year. But Astros, like, the memorable things are Jeremy, what Jeremy Pena did in the postseason. Well, McCormick needs to... Well, what do you mean? McCormick had the, the greatest catch in World Series history. Well, no, history. that's true. I'm just thinking of the bat, though. Yeah. Well, no, he hit well. He was all right. He hit well he was, last postseason. He was all right, did um, he? Yeah. They couldn't even put Jake, Jake Myers back in at all. Chas McCormick had to play every single game. Um, Remember when he used what to about Yiner? How about- Dusty won't stop playing this McCormick guy. Yeah. What about Yiner? That's actually a fair thing. We wanted Jake at one point instead of Chaz McCormick. Well, we did till Jake got hurt, and then Jake. When Jake came back, he hasn't been the same guy. He just hasn't been the same guy. No, he really has. Jake was playing well up right up until he he, he broke his shoulder. Yiner comes out of nowhere. Yiner wasn't even considered the best catcher in the organization. Corey Lee comes up. Nah, you're not that good. Let's bring up Yiner. Oh wow, Yiner's crushing it, crushing it. I mean, Chaz hit two eleven with a five twenty nine. In the World Series last year, what did he hit in the whole? In the ALC, but you know what? In the ALCS, yeah, he was, yeah, he was, he, yeah, he was three of thirteen, but he had uh, two home runs. Yeah, I mean, so, those yeah. were big. Yeah, those were pretty big. Uh, I'll take I'll take two thirteen with a couple of homers in the ALCS against the Yankees. Yeah, yeah against the Yankees, absolutely. Uh, that was a four game sweep. That's so not a big enough sample size. There's only four games. Well, I'll take. It's just not enough. You, if you're playing the Yankees in the postseason, it's just not a big enough How old is Chaz size. McCormick? Chaz McCormick is 27? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Older. Yeah. Came well, up when he was 26. Yeah. So 27, going to be 28. What's his birthday? The Chazers' birthday, I don't have it right now, but, um, yeah, if he came up when he was 21, he's, he's going to be 20. He's going to be 28 at some point this year. It's kind of like George Springer. Feels like almost we just get him here and he's already twenty eight years. He's about yeah. to be twenty eight years old. Well, it wasn't. Well, George Springer they they held down in the organization because they didn't want to start his clock. I don't think that was the case. I don't, think, don't even know that Chas McCormick was ready. Uh, and according to Dusty, he wasn't ready actually until like a week ago. Um, Dusty's forced to play him every day now. Is he forced to play Yiner every day or at least three three yes three times out of five? One hundred percent. The guy, yes, one hundred percent. He's got. A good arm. He's fast on the base pass for a catcher. He, yeah. he went second to third yesterday. He tagged it from right field. He's got pop. Yeah, I mean, this this really should not even be a discussion. It's not, it shouldn't be a discussion. He's because got a, he's not a defensive liability. He's not defensive liability. You know who's a defensive liability right now? Maldonado. He can't catch a strike. Yeah. He's leading the league in pass balls. I mean, it's, it, uh, and he's not throwing runners out anymore. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, he threw he threw a couple out last week, which was nice. But Yiner's a better at it. He's better. And, and, oh, by the way, I don't know if you've seen the performances of the pitchers lately. Yiner, behind the plate, has been better. Has been better. Dusty just doesn't want – Dusty don't care. He don't care about all the fancy book-learning stat thing that you are all about. Okay? He ain't about that life. He's about, I love Maldonado, and I'm going to play Maldonado. I don't care what you think. I make out the lineup. It's emotional. You, don't. you think it's emotional with him. I do, he just I, told you he thought the numbers were similar. Okay, what happens in when what Diaz world has... are Yiner's and Maldonado's numbers similar? I'm not going to do Maldi versus Diaz radio again. Okay, this is this is literally Vince and Reggie of baseball radio. There's no. Th- th- I'm just going to say this: if you tell tell me, well, Maldi can't hit uh, 
Yiner struggles against left-handers. Maldonado struggles against everybody. Everybody. We got to stop. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We found our catcher of the future. We thought it was going to be Corey Lee. It turns out it's Yiner Diaz. That's awesome. And now he can play first or DH if need be. And Maldonado can 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 catch some games as a backup. What we thought of Corey Lee was that he was going to be the guy that you traded for Justin Verlander. Turned out he was the guy you traded for Kendall Graveman. Oh. I mean, is that not? I mean, Corey oh. Lee was the number one guy in your organization. Oh, holy crap! I tell you what, man. I hope Dana Brown does a good job. This is just they showed a picture of him, a video of him on his phone, and yeah, I saw that. Know, and and Todd Cal said, you know, good luck to him in his first year as Astros GM at the trade deadline. It's a big moment for him because you know, the Astros did two bad deals in the uh, in the off season. Well, I don't know. Uh, Abreu may turn out to be okay. He's certainly come back. And now we just need to see how he does next year and the year after. Uh, but the Montero deal is a bad deal. Was, we thought it was bad at the time. This is in hindsight. Uh, the Abreu deal is more hindsight than anything. Montero's not. This is universally accepted, I think, by most people who understand how the Astros operate as a non-Astros move. And that was, that was not Dana Brown at the helm. But now Dana Brown adds, adds Kendall Graveman. Did he get enough? I mean, did is Corey Lee just that disregarded as a prospect? I understand that from a leverage standpoint, you've got somebody ahead of him. Is he not considered a good prospect anymore? I mean, this is what you get for him is a guy who's not the, a closer yeah. for, for Corey Lee. Hey, but, but hey, this bullpen needed, needed help. Yeah, it if did. If Corey Lee helped that because he wasn't going to be helping you at the big league, big league level anytime soon. You just don't want any kind of Josh Fields. Not, not that he would never be Jordan, but you don't want to see it turn into a rental reliever in a year where you don't win a World Series or even compete for a eh, World Series. Stuff happens. You've got to go for it, though. And then you've got Corey Lee. You've got to go for it, though. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, did you get enough? You know, was that the value of that? Yeah, yeah. Because that is how he's going to be. You know, he is going to be judged by that somewhat. Jeff Luno doesn't. People look at the good things, Jeff Luno. They don't talk about Carlos Gomez. That trade sucked. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Hader still. Yeah, that's a guy that you were still uh, eyeing this year, mm-hmm. trying to get him back. After after trading him away, that was yeah, that was that was just awful. Uh, anyway, um, we ta- we played this a little bit earlier. Let's play it again for those of you that weren't with us. Bob Nightingale was on with um, he was on late hits. Okay, so he and Patrick Creighton were talking over about the Verlander situation, and here is what Bob Nightingale. It was believed that D- Dana Brown told us. Well, this looks like we're out of starting pitching. We're not gonna. I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying it yesterday. I thought. I thought it was kind of a. a you move. buying it today? Uh, it was a move. No, it was a move that Dana Brown was making. I wasn't buying that he was out of the starting pitcher market. I I I I, I said it yesterday. He's still going to. It's it, this is a this is a ploy by him to try to get Verlander to try to lower the the, the price tag on him. Unfortunately. Now, the Dodgers and the Orioles are said to be in on the Verlander trade situation, and that will jack up the price, which maybe it'll be too costly for the Astros. But Bob Nightingale says the Astros are very much in in the Verlander deal. Well, they uh, picked up aggressive talks uh, yesterday. Uh, so they're going back and forth on this, and a lot of talks. It's more the ownership ranks now because so much money's involved. Uh, Dodgers are involved as well. they got more prospects. Uh, again, the hang-up is that option year in 2025. But uh, they, they were kind of out of it a couple of days ago. Now they're definitely you know, big-time in it. I think he's going to end up an Astro. I do. 
That was last night. John Morosi and John Heyman both today say the Orioles are the surprise team yep. uh, that has now popped on the radar. And they may look at this as we've got – I don't know what their minor league system looks like, but they may be more willing to, quote-unquote, go for it than the Astros are because they've still got a long future ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, listen, the Orioles would be scary if they pick up Verlander as well. That's a scary team right now. I, I think you're going to need a Verlander if you're the Astros. Okay, it, it, if you go by the – listen, we just, got a, uh, we just got Jordan back. We just got Altuve back. We just bolstered our team at the trade deadline, and we did it with our own guys. Is Urquidy a guy who bolsters your team at the trade deadline without having to give up anything? Yeah, if he's, if he's himself, yeah. Yeah, of course he is. He hasn't. You haven't had him all year. No, but he wasn't even a guy that got that pitched in the postseason last year. Well, that's okay because you had Verlander, you had Fromber, you had Javier. All these guys pitched at a really high level. Hunter Brown was McCullers. a guy who'd been with you for a month you that took Hunter, over that spot. You had Hunter Brown. You had Luis Garcia. I mean, it was just a numbers game. And he wasn't the out of those seven. He was the lesser pitcher out well, of those seven. So, out so of these, my question is: Are you really adding anything out of these five? Yeah, yeah. you are, but. At a, well, to my point, you're not in that last year's team, and you're not going to be. There's never a point where you're going to be last year's Astros. I think if you're realistic about it, you're going to recognize, you know, could you make a move? Yeah. I just think realistically, this is not the same pitching staff. It's definitely not the same bullpen. It's not the same team. This is not the 2020 Astros, and you have to be realistic with, with what you have, what you're going to do, and the moves you're willing to make. And next year, you get to hit reset, and everything starts all over again. And you could be healthy as a pitching staff. Well, you know, I say that, but Lance McCullers and, and Luis Garcia are expected to start. I'll you know, tell you what. Not, not be able to pitch. If you don't pick up Verlander. To start the season. If you don't pick up Verlander, your postseason rotation, as of today. If you make it. As, oh, you're making the playoffs. I mean, you're, you're, you're squarely in the playoffs. Whether or not you win the division is another story. As of today, your rotation is Fromber, followed by, well, it's going to go be. Javier. It'll go Javier. Yep. He'll go Javier. Hunter Brown. But you know what? On a short leash. Hunter Brown? And then France. I guess. I do want to wait for France. Dusty's going with guys he knows, and then he'll go France for. What if France is, turns out to be rookie of the year? If France continues to pitch the way that he is, he uh, will be rookie of the year. There's a lot of bats to contend with. Um,. No, I think I think Dusty goes with guys who've been there. I think France the best he could do is fourth. Well, I mean, it's not like could he's you make Hunter Brown that much longer? No, that's true. Hunter Brown is a rookie this year. Yeah, Hunter. There, JP France should get more votes than Hunter Brown. Absolutely. Right now, Hunter JP France. I mean, I would make JP France third, and I'd make Hunter fourth. To me, I need to know you are who you are, and if Hunter Brown is living off the name and reputation and. And the, and the layover because he pitches just like Justin Verlander, that's not good enough for me to put him ahead of J.P. France. Somebody, Art said, this all started when you called him B.P. France, and then he heard you. And he heard me. And he went, he went right. buck nutty after I did. That. It was his second start, and I was like, oh, his name ain't J.P., it's B.P. <laughs> You're so disrespectful. It doesn't no, take no, long. No, 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 no. Yeah. You insulted him a little bit. Well, a little out of order, you Well, now I'm. It doesn't I'm, take long for you to get after people. Well, he was really bad that one game. You 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 go after people who don't I didn't bring, say he sucked. All did I Paul said Miller was, catch your wrath because he didn't bring fries yesterday? No, he didn't, but open them up now. Let's see. I know, let's see what let's he sent me. Let's see the fries that he sent us. 
right, let's not talk us. about how about a little tequila. Me. Let's, let's talk about a little tequila right you now. You know what would go great with these with these tacos and these chips that I just had sent to me that Dell and John don't get? It'd be uh, my Shoto Bell tequila. And I may just go in there and drink some tequila with my with my morning breakfast. I may just do that. I've got the Añejo, and I've got the Smoked Silver in there called the Humito. And those are two great tequilas for you. But let me also tell you, the Cristalino is one that people absolutely flock towards because the Cristalino has Reposado, it has Añejo, it has Añejo Extra. It's clarified through a process of charcoal filtering. It's aged. And then the result is a tequila that is so unbelievable, unbelievably smooth with just a hint of sweetness. That's the difference with Maestro Nobel and their Cristalino. They invented the category, and now others have tried to copy them, copy them, but they have not been able to emulate them. They are the best. It's my good friends over at Maestro Nobel. Wherever fine liquors are sold, make sure you demand Maestro Nobel. On ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, presented by the Daspit Law Firm and Academy Sports and Outdoors. Time to talk about my man, Scott McGrath, over uh, McGrath Press Control and I'm telling you, if you don't have the mosquito murdering system, then I just don't know what is wrong with you. I We do not have a mosquito in our backyard. It is fantastic. I It is the best because McGrath Pest Control has taken care of all of that. It, they are just the best at this. Any kind of bug that you have at your house if you're not if you're not spraying on a regular basis you're going to have bugs you know what i never have bugs because they come hawaii comes over to the house and he sprays around and we never have any issues whatsoever and that's how your house should be okay and when we talk about you have bed bugs or roaches or gross this is gross do not have that you do not want that in your home and you don't want mosquitoes in your backyard the kids are out there they want to go swimming or they want to play in the backyard they want to play wiffle ball whatever the case may be and they're getting bit up no uh uh-uh. uh protect your kids protect your family be able to go outside even with all those mosquitoes 281-469-8240 281-469-8240 or McGrath pest pest control they're the best i'm telling you i love them you'll love them too McGrath pest Control.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the offensive masterminds running an outside zone on your intelligence. John Granado and Lance Zerline. Okay, Tommy Stark put out who should be the Astros starting catcher moving forward. Yonder Diaz or Martin Maldonado? I voted Yonder Diaz. It's a poll? It's a poll. Eight votes. 75% have have Yonder Diaz. He's eating into the microphone. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's proven a point to us, yeah. I guess. What did y'all do yesterday at 9.30? We ate. We ate. And you talked about... I had Paul Miller in studio where we talked about you, you his thirtieth anniversary. Did you, did you, did you have anything my, to drink? You're choking on those chips. I had this bag like this when I came back. He reached it was in, open. Well, he, he reached in there and grabbed. Yes, the chip. he did. I yes, grabbed some chips. I grabbed some chips. I didn't do that. Unbelievable. Because no. I'm not affected by that. Did you get yourself some water? Sounds like you're about to choke. I'm in your head. <laughs> I'm in your head. I hope that you choke on a piece of concrete and literally go to hell. Don't care because I'm in your heads now because I'm having no, I'm, delicious. I'm, I only play that because I'm worried about you choking because I don't see any liquid. You're just chomping on a burrito. Oh, oh you, you got to die, Dr. Sad. Pepper. It is sad, this whole thing. I mean, he's eating and, ch- and crunching into the microphone. 
I remember when you guys got burgers yesterday and couldn't wait to tell me, and John actually did, oh, you got burger, oh. You know he still got food because he ate out of your bag. Yeah. He still ate. I ate right out your bag. What a pathetic man. <laughs> <laughs> so despite your best efforts, you left the room and he took food from your bag. <laughs> you are the worst, all right? The worst. I mean, eating during the show as opposed to as opposed to actually doing a professional show well, as opposed to that. Here's the thing. If we're going to do Maldonado versus Giner Radio, I'm just going to eat. I'm already on the record. <laughs> what Astros on the what Astros fan is on the record like, you know, you want to talk about a straw man argument. Who's on the record for being for Maldonado over Diaz? Yeah. Who? Well, there's got to be a Cinnabon night at the stadium for J.P. France. He is identical to Better Call Saul. Yeah, he is. It's, he, they've got to do something with that. There's no way the Astros have, don't know this. Have you talked about who he's married to before? Uh, yeah, he's married to some professional athlete, right? Of no, he's married to an MTV reality, former oh, oh, MTV that's reality right, that's star. Right, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Who's he married to? I'll look it up, but she. I think she was... On the challenge and maybe either the real world or road rules, but she had a bit of a run on um, MTV back when their reality shows were still alive and uh, getting people to watch. Yeah, she. Yeah, uh, well, good on him. I mean, it, but but I mean, he he's got to make money off this Better Call Saul thing, the Cinnabon thing. If he's not, why they don't have him front and nil money. For, for NIL money. Yeah, I don't think NIL. that's how that works. Name, image, likeness for JP. Friends. I think we just call him being a spokesman. He doesn't have NIL money for a professional athlete. Her name's Jess McCain. She is, uh, yeah, MTV Jess. She was on a lot of those shows. Uh, Mark wants to get in here and talk talk about Lance eating on the radio. <laughs> what do you say, Mark? Hey, good morning, guys. I just want to tell Lance, you should go ahead and eat on the radio whenever you want because John smacks while he's talking after he's eaten, and it's so disgusting. i got to switch over to 610 to bear through it. So, oh, Lance, you. you smack you. and give John a recipe of his own medicine. Okay, first of all, wow, when you, do I eat on during the show? You people away. Just when yesterday? do I chase? Just yesterday. Hey, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. <laughs> if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. <laughs> he's saying that maybe okay. not A wise man once said, the, if you ain't got uh, no haters, you ain't popping. If you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. You, you eat during breaks and the residue. I never. When do I eat during breaks? And the residue. I never. I rarely ever eat during the show. Well, whatever. Ever. That's this man's opinion. What about opinion. yesterday? It's a, no, it's an opinion. It's stupid. What about yesterday? Hey, you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. He oh, oh, he's trying to cancel free speech. Okay. Clearly. John's he, trying to cancel he's free treat, speech. He's saying you're like a cow who chews cud after you, after you eat, mm-hmm. and the noise is smacked on the him. microphone. Okay. Just stupid because I don't eat during the show. Well, apparently you do. Well, according, apparently, to well, according to Mark, who doesn't know anything. Okay, how would we know that? that, that what do you yeah. know about Mark? You're you're hurting. He our might ratings. be a serial killer. You're we don't hurt, know. So a, he also might have a meter. You're hurting our ratings. He said he yeah. turns to a different show yeah. because of how you behaved yesterday. Whenever you had a hamburger. No, that's not that's not true. It's si- simply not true. And I didn't smack. Whatever, whatever, Mark. John, after Lance, oh, turn over now. Okay. Don't, turn don't the chase people away. No. I don't want a serial killer listening to the show. <laughs> That's what I heard. There was a suspicion that he might be a serial killer. From who? You? Wow. You raised well, I heard it a minute so ago. I don't know who said happened. it. You said it. So I'm not sad. sure who said it. What's happened to free speech in our country? John, do you re- now do you regret putting your like eight, seventh, eighth, 
eaten burger in his refrigerator now that he brought free Not food? Not at all. I mean, he brought yes, food from It still was the greatest yes, thing ever. <laughs> it was still the greatest thing ever. Well, second to this Kogi beef taco. No one cares about that. Well, Not even hungry. Why you Not even hungry. Let's judge. Not even hungry. Why do you keep looking down at it? I'm trying to ju- Why'd you get into the bag? I'm trying to figure out which feeling it was a bigger feeling. When your heart dropped, when you realized that burger had been eaten it almost did. practically, it did. Through or John seeing that food come in and knowing he couldn't have any, which feeling was bigger? Do you think all three of those things are better than LZ chewing into the microphone? Everything in the everything in the world greater than Lance chewing into the microphone. That's fire. Okay, that's Jackie, our smartest yes, listener. Yes, yes, yes. Tacos. Yes, yes, Don't yes. Don't do NPC Ooh, taco eater. Thanks for the chips. <laughs> All right. I'm going to call you. Oh, you better, yes, are, yes, you, yes. Uh, are you TikToking? <laughs> yeah, he's an NPC I'm a, taco I'm eater. I'm NPC taco eater. Right. <laughs> Just let me do my nerdy stuff. All right, you FN. Oh, my <laughs> God. This is the worst radio we've ever done. So back no to worse. the Texans. No, I'm no, not the going Astros. back to the Texans. We were talking about the We're Astros. not talking about Diaz anymore. And what we're talking about now? Are you going to be in a bad mood tomorrow? When Dana Brown doesn't make a move for Justin Verlander, when somebody scoops him for Verlander, you going to be on bad move? I will be disappointed, and you know what? I, I will be a little I disappointed. I won't be the only one. The locker room's going to be disappointed. Well, I mean, because, you can't. Because, not, you know, don't the, do a bad deal. And here's the deal. is I thought, I talk, We talked about this before. Dana Brown, now all of a sudden you're on the watch of the team that's been to the ALCS six years, four World Series over these six years, and, and, you're, and this organization is going to fall apart under ready? your watch? It ain't going to be Drew Fall Gilbert. apart? It's not going to be Drew well, Gilbert. Well, not be as good. Are you ready? Not be as good. I'm going to make you an offer. Okay, they don't go to the, to the ALCS this I'm year. I'm going to make you an offer. And it's not as good. Here is your offer. They want one of the Astros' top prospects, right? Right. It's a major prospect. That's right. Hunter Brown for Verlander. Mm, that hurts. Young Verlander for Verlander. It hurts. Yeah, Are you hurts. willing to do that? They want a major prospect. All, all of a sudden, maybe Dana Brown ain't going to. Well, that's put, right. No, if it's too much, then you can't do it. Yeah. No, you can't but do because, it. And much. here's the deal is because the if Dodgers, I'm the Mets, I'm not, the Dodgers well, and the Drew Orioles Gilbert. have gotten into this thing, and it's bad. That's bad. If I'm the Mets, I'm giving up two pitchers, Scherzer and Verlander. I need a pitcher back, and I want a major prospect. That is Hunter Brown. What major about, prospect. What about J.P. France? If you were, nope, I want Hunter Brown. What if they want J.P. France? Why would they? Good. Really? Yeah. I don't know. J.P. France is pretty good. I don't know. J.P. France, I just can't trust mustache I'll guys. I'll tell you what. Belak, go. Belak. Hunter Brown. He's a starter on the do Astros. You, do you, do, you didn't give me an answer. Do you do it for Hunter Brown? I can't do it for Hunter Brown. I wouldn't either. I can't do it. I wouldn't either. But that's what I'd ask for. Well, Lindor is a great prospect, right? You think the Mets are going to settle? Acuna. If they got Lindor or Acuna, sorry, yeah. Acuna, you think they're going to settle? No, they're not settling. I'm going for I'm going for a top prospect that, in your listen, organization, and I'm, that means your rookie Hunter Brown. He's not the pro, he's not a prospect. He's on the team. Yeah, but he's a higher yes, but he's a major prospect. Whatever. No. he still has plenty of club control. I wouldn't deal him either. I'm just saying, if I'm the Mets, I'm it's asking six, for him. You got five plus years of. You go say control. we don't want Drew Gilbert. No, I don't we want a pitcher. But you know, you also got Ver- we don't want. But you, okay, France. but you got to. Well, you got three year, two and a half, two plus years of Verlander, five plus years of, of Brown. Brown, but you got 
a lot of money that the Mets would have to pick up as well. Yeah, we'll pick up a lot of money, right. but we want Hunter Brown. All right, Dana Dana Holgerson is going to join us on the other side right here on ESPN ninety seven five and ninety two five. Right now, I'm talking about I'm talking about his buddies actually. Wayne and Chase and the great people over at Artisan Grange and what they have done and what they're doing. And this is this came from, listen, we, t- Texas had nothing to do with this thing. And then Wayne said, hey, you know what? What if we just advertise this here? Let's see what happens. This is a North, this is a North Carolina, West Virginia thing, this uh, Canstead and Dublend. It's hemp in a pouch made of hemp with, with, with CBD oil in it. And it's a great replacement for your dip. Whatever you're dipping, this is a great way to go about it because it's not dangerous like dip is. It's not tobacco. It's not nicotine. It's none of those things yet. It still gives you the sensation, and it still gives you the flavor that you're looking for. It's a wonderful substitute, healthy substitute. Well, Wayne says, let's do this in Texas. And you know what? You guys have <laughs> you doubled this company. You guys have really responded to this. So keep on responding. Go to 975dip.com, pick up your canisters, start dipping the better, easier, safer way, 975dip.com. Or you can go to select CBD American Shaman, get them right there. They've got them on the shelves. You're looking for a great way to get out of that dip, 975dip.com, CBD American Shaman. You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. Nine thirty-two, ESPN ninety-seven-five and ninety-two-five. Someone three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Someone three seven eight zero three seven seven six. The number to hang out with us here on the show. You better call him then, since he he hasn't called us yet. Yeah, you got his number, right? Give him a call. Um, Dana Hogerson going to join us. He was he's out at the tech, at Texans practice this morning, so maybe he's still there. I wanted to get his report. Oh, let's well, get a report from him. <clears> they don't. It goes until ten some ten thirty. Is it eleven o'clock? Yeah, so he's in the middle of practice. I bet he doesn't. Well, he was going to go and then I think leave early. He wasn't okay. going to stay the whole practice. Uh, whatever the case. <laughs> it's hot out there. It's it is hot out. It's well, he's going to be out there every day in the heat. So I know. So he didn't want to do any extra. Well. Who would? Sorry, but he got to be out there. Okay. Yeah, maybe he'll call. Um, so I asked you a question. Would you give up? How would you feel about giving up Jeremy Pena for Justin Verlander? I'm trying to think of moves that's going to hurt because I think this is going to hurt. You're in competition, <coughs> potentially with the Dodgers and Orioles. You're not just going to get like people who think you just give him Drew Gilbert and everything will be fine. That's not how it's going to work. Well, Drew Gilbert is, no, that's your number one prospect. I know. I think it's going to. Well, they got they took more. number just one prospect for Scherzer. But I know that Drew Gilbert is in the same category as Acuna. Oh well, we'll see. you got him. Dana Holgerson joining us here this morning on ESPN ninety seven five and ninety two five. What up? Hey guys, how y'all doing? We're doing good. You out of practice? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, we got report day today. Later today, as in tonight. Uh, so I figured I would come out here and see uh, see see a little football. Uh, See my, my guy Tank Bell and watch uh, old man Case Keenum throw that thing around a little bit too. So uh little little kind of day off before we get started here tonight and practice tomorrow morning. So John and I were having a discussion about John and I were having a discussion about um about 
terminology. One of the things that I, I don't think it's overplayed after watching quarterbacks. John thinks it's a little overplayed. Um, Case knows the terminology from Gary Kubiak's offense, the West Coast offense. He knows that terminology from playing for Gary in Houston and the Vikings. He told somebody I know that, that this offense, he knows this offense, that he thinks he's very comfortable in this offense. How hard is it, do you think, for a college player, knowing what you know about college offenses, to step into the NFL from a terminology standpoint? Well, I definitely think there's an adjustment period. I've kidded around with Case for forever. Uh, I still think Case is going to coach at some point. It's just in his, it's in his nature. It's in his, uh, you know, his, his blood, his DNA, all the rest of it. Uh, you know, I, I, a couple years ago he came by. I go, hey, man, you still going to coach? He's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, but he did say that he had played in like 12 different offenses, so there's nothing that he hasn't seen in the NFL from a learning the offense terminology. Uh, you know, obviously he's seen it all at this point. You know, then on the other hand, you got CJ Stroud out here that's, uh, you know, he's not, he's, he hasn't, he hasn't done this thing before. You know, now I do know Ohio State, you know, it's not the old air raid where it's pretty simple. Uh, that, because there's a little bit more terminology based and they move people around and it's more pro style and stuff. So I do think he did have a little bit of a working knowledge on it. And, and, you know, in college at Ohio state, say the same thing about Clayton Toon. Uh, the perception of Clayton Toon was, is we ran air raid offense here. Well, we did up until three years ago, which is when we changed everything. We started a lot of shifts. We started using a lot of motions. We expanded our, our route concepts. Uh, we expanded our, our run game. So, you know, Clayton stepping into that huddle, plus we huddled like 75% of the time. And he had, he had very lengthy calls that he had to do, you know. So he's down in Arizona, talked to him the other day. He goes, it's not a whole lot different, honestly. So I think, I think college is kind of caught up a little bit to the point where we're doing things a little bit more NFL oriented. Dana Hogerson's out of Texas practice right now. Last night, we saw you on TV at the Astros game. JP France, how how was that popping last night? Man, that thing comes off his hand pretty good. Not a very big guy, uh, you know. But uh, that that was a fun atmosphere. It's really the first time I've been out there this year. I just had so much going on that I haven't been able to. But I do, as you know, John. I watch him all the time, and I was glad that uh, that he was pitching last night, just because I'd never seen him. I've uh, never seen him live, but uh, the atmosphere was great. You know, he he was he was. He was playing his tail off and everything, and then, and then they got those bats going. Uh, they really hit the ball pretty good all night. They just it, it flew right through, right right to the defenders and stuff. But then they started getting it going, and obviously Jordan is is a problem in the force. And when he cracked that three home run home run, that was a wrap. That's so much fun, and it was even <laughs> even more fun because your guy Door he lost. He's a big indie. Uh, Guardian fan, so that was just awesome for me. Just a great day, great, great day. Guy that beat you in well, the golf all he was the time. All decked, he was all decked out in Cleveland stuff. Oh. He was down in the Diamond Club wearing the Cleveland hat, wearing the the Cleveland shirt. Just completely what? embarrassing himself. Embarrassing, embarrassing. Yes. And then, so, yeah. I'm so glad he got slapped. In the Diamond Club, you shouldn't be allowed in that area no, at all. With that, with that gear on. No. No, you're a you bad. Not be allowed. You're just a bad person. <laughs> you're just a bad, bad person. That's all. So, so that happened. How was the, so what was the coolest thing you did this offseason? Oh, man. Uh, well, I travel a lot, as, as you know, probably the, 
you know, did the normal stuff, you know, uh, you know, Tulum and Cabo and uh, down into Miami uh, and the Keys a little bit, uh, pretty normal stuff. Uh, probably the coolest thing was uh, went out to Napa, uh, a couple of my buddies and, you know, uh, went out, went out to Napa, uh, and, uh, you know, one of, one of my guys, uh, Mr. Jason, uh, had just bought a winery out there. So when you, when you buy a winery, you get out there and you get a set in the winery that you own. That's kind of cool. Uh, so we did that, had a lot of fun, uh, you know, ate really good, drank some really good wines, uh, and then came back and, and time to get it started. The guys report tonight. Uh, I think we got a six o'clock team meeting. After that, I'm going to go next door and watch our basketball team scrimmage before they go to Australia for ten days. That's one of the things that I've always been incredibly jealous of of Division One basketball programs is that that foreign trip they take every four years. Uh, just seems like an awful lot of fun. So they, they're scrimmaging tonight. Looking forward to seeing their new players, and then uh, they're going on their trip for ten days, and then tomorrow morning at, at 8 a.m. We, we we start practice number one, so it gets really real for me uh, tomorrow morning. Yeah, I, I know Daspin said he was going over there <clears throat> to watch the, the scrimmage tonight. I think it's open to the public, isn't it, Dana? It is. Yeah, it's, it's free admission. Uh, free admission, open to the public. Um, you know, they got they got some new kids, some new transfers, obviously some good returning guys. Uh, you know, all this Big 12 stuff's fun, but. Uh, you know, it's going to get pretty real for us when we got to line up and, and play this, this one of the toughest schedules in, in the country, according to a lot of people for us. And it's going to be the same thing for Calvin in basketball. I mean, they're going to be playing a Sweet 16 thing uh, every single week, it seems like, because the Big 12 is back up good. Dana Holgerson with us here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Biggest, I don't want to say concern, but thing that you're what, – what, what concentrating as you're getting ready and thinking about what you're going to do this camp? You got a new quarterback. You know, obviously defensively you're going to have to get a lot better. Your offensive line, you got a couple of changes there. You lost Tank. What is the what is the thing that you know that maybe is is most on your uh, uh, for, in the forefront for you? Well, I just think because of all the new guys, there's competition everywhere. If you go back and look at our last two signing classes. We've brought in uh, about 70 new guys over the last two years. So 70 of our 85 uh, scholarship guys are, are either have been on the team either for their, their first year or going into their second year. So there's just a lot of guys. There's a lot of competition. There's not a whole lot of uh, quote-unquote returning starters. I mean, obviously, I think Pat Paul will probably be just fine at, at left tackle and, you know, Jack Freeman will be okay at center. But for the most part, there's just going to be a lot of open spots up for competition. Uh, if that's going to make my job harder in camp, which I'm excited about. That's probably my biggest concern slash uh, being excited about it is how you watch these guys compete. Um, you know, uh, they know what that schedule looks like, and it starts with UTSA. UTSA is a, a really good football team, and, and that's, that's one at Rice is, is two. And then we start Big 12 stuff after that. So the schedule is going to be incredibly challenging, but, but our bodies are different. And our bodies look different because we've recruited. And we've got guys that used to say, man, I love Houston so much, I just want to play in the Power Five. Well, now they say we love Houston, and, oh, yeah, I get to play in the Power Five. And so there's no excuse not to come here. Well, it's really, uh, so, it's really interesting. I, just for example, you, 
we, we, there was recently some video that came out of Deuce Vaughn, who came out of the Big 12 at Kansas State in, in, uh, in Dallas, and he's running, and it's like, this is, this is computer-generated. There cannot be a player this small. And yet, when you watch him at Kansas State, he was small in the Big 12, but it's, I don't think people realize it's, it's that much bigger in the NFL. It's that much bigger when you watch Georgia or Alabama take on Cincinnati. Like in the or who was it? Was it Alabama took on Cincinnati in the postseason? You do have to recruit different, different size and different trait players to compete in in these conferences. And boy, Houston getting the Big Twelve now, and you yep. see what's happening in the Pac twelve. What huge timing that was for the Cougars! Well, oh, big time, yes, big time. But we did do that size study, and we were small, uh, so we have made a. Concerted effort to get uh, bigger, which, you know, we brought in a couple of receivers that I can tell you are clearly bigger than this Tank Bell kid that I'm watching out here that they can't cover, but he does, he looks he looks like he should be in junior high. I saw that video of the Deuce Bond thing, which is kind of kind of funny, but so when you know, if you're if you're a real player and you're a competitor, then you're gonna be okay. I think Tank's gonna be just fine. Uh, because he's really, really, really super good at not getting hit. Right, so you can be 160, 170 pounds, and that's that's fine. But if, if you're taking a beating, it's not going to be good. But he's just he's superb at not getting hit, knowing how to get down, get out of bounds, and preserve his body. Dana Holgerson, you know, I, so I don't want to say you worked harder, but I, I've never seen you more focused than you were this off season. Um, how different was this? When you took West Virginia into the Big 12, how different is this job than that one was? I think it's considerably different. That took us probably three years to get our feet underneath us. You know, I'm not making any projections or anything. My goal is to be competitive each and every time that we line up and play. Uh, the reason I say we're ahead of where we were there is because we have had two years lead-in time. I mean, basically there, it was two months lead-in time. In my one recruiting class of 24 people, 12 of them were committed <laughs> as we were preparing to play a Big East schedule. So just having two years of recruiting uh, lead-in time, you know, the staff has changed drastically over the course of two years. We've added people. Uh, you know, the administration gave us what we need in order to make it look like a Big 12 staff and to continue to try to make it look like a Big 12 football team now. As a program in general, we got a long, long, long ways to go. Uh, but our goal is to line up and be competitive, and I think this, I think this team will do that. Let's go. It starts tomorrow. So have fun today. Uh, maybe we'll see you out at the uh, scrimmage the uh, at the Fertitta Center, the basketball yeah. team going to scrimmage. What, what time is it, 7? Uh, yeah, 7 o'clock tonight. So come on by. Come on. Get on out there and watch the basketball team before they head uh, for their foreign trip. Dana, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for hanging with us. Have fun out there and uh, get back to work. All right. See you, guys. Appreciate it. Go, uh, go Cougs. We'll see you, Coach. 945 ESPN, 97.5 and 92.5. Speaking of basketball, how about the pro dunk? How about the pro dunk basket that is the best basket? You want your kid to play big time ball, or even if you just want your kid to get out of the house and not not be on his computer all day, or playing video games all day and sitting around all day. How about get out in the yard, get out on the driveway with the basket from Pro Dunk, and let's start playing. Let's start enjoying the game. But I can't enjoy the game with a ten foot goal. Case okay, 
That's solved. That problem is solved because Keith Tate has designed a basket that you can raise and lower so that the kids can actually enjoy it. Get it down to five feet so the little kids can actually play. Maybe you get a smaller basketball form, but they can actually make baskets that so they're going to enjoy it. This is the only goal that you should get, especially if you've got small kids. But my big kid loved it. He loved lowering it and dunking, and they had dunk contests and all kinds of great stuff out there. You, Your kids will, too. You're going to find that they love to dunk and they can't dunk on a 10-foot goal. So you raise and lower it with the drill, okay, not with the crank, with a drill now that makes it that much better. You're looking for the best way to go about having your kids outside playing? Go to ProDunk.com. That's ProDunk.com. Time now for News of the Weird with John and Lance. Weird. 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 John and Lance Weird. News of the Weird. News. News. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5. All right, Lance. Here's a quiz for you. This is specifically for you. A neuroscientist says to raise smart and emotionally intelligent kids, never say these five phrases. Can I guess one? Go ahead. Let me see. If you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping? No, that ain't one. You ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. You are being very bad. Have you ever said that? In so many words. Yeah. Okay, so that number one mm-hmm. thing you shouldn't say. Okay. To your kid. Number two, you're overreacting. Have you ever said that to your say kids? Say it to Maddie all the time. Yep. When she starts to overreact. How about, that's not so bad, you'll get over it. Well, that's more physical, like, come on, it doesn't hurt that. Yeah. yeah. I guess in a way, yeah. All right. Not about something like a boyfriend breaking up or girlfriend or whatever. No, well, you're, your kids are a little young yeah. for that yet. Stop crying. Oh, you said that? You're not supposed Nicole to. Nicole hates when people cry, period. And how about this one? Because I said so. Kids hate that. <laughs> I'm a five for five. So, neuroscience, according to neuroscientists, your kids are not going to be smart so or emotionally <laughs> intelligent. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. I want to. Because I said so. Well, you can't say that. So what do we have to just debate with our children? Yeah. Is that what we're supposed to do? Yeah. Like, well, okay, so what they're going to tell you is you, you say, know, you have to explain the reason that you're doing this. I know, this. but I do. And then Maddie will go, what? That's, I'm confused. When I know she's not confused, she's just trying to get under my skin. And then you say, the reason you can't do this is this. What? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you know why? Because I said it's not. That's, ultimately I have to go, you know why? Because me and your mom said you can't. That's why you can't do it. Eventually, you have to get there. You have to. You have to get there. At some point, it's like, because I said so. Okay, if you're going to keep playing this game, you know why? Because I said so. There you go. Excuse me. Are you guys following vegan raw food diet influencer Zana Diart? Obviously. No, that's too much. I don't even know what you said. Vegan raw food diet influencer. What's her name? Zana Diart. Is that a real name? It's a real name, yeah. Okay. She's not that blonde lady that there was that movie about, right? No, this Where is the her. Guy, like, stole her this money. is her. Um, apparently, she just yeah. What? She's very, 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 very skinny. And, what? Like I said. And you said what to what I said? Ew. Oh, it was a. Good but you show. can unfollow her because she's dead. She died of starvation. I could tell in that <laughs> picture that things were going sideways on her. I don't think it's connected. How about though. eat some food? Yeah, I don't think that's connected. That's. Uh, like it just got to a point where she probably thought, "I can't eat this plant either because this plant's alive." This, yeah, I can't eat anything that's alive. 
Well, then, then you, you can't, can't eat anything. You can't eat. Plants live. Yeah. You can't. You, you got to eat raw plants. That's all you can eat. Well, and die. Well, she can't eat anything that's alive. Then plants would fall under that equation, too. Moral of yeah. the story, eat something. Anything. Anything. A man who spent $14,000 to be a collie dog. Apparently, he's hate, done too. I hate this. I thing. saw that story. You saw that? I saw the, I saw the video I of it, too. Yeah. Thing. He went out for his first ever walk in public last week. As a dog? Uh, yeah, he's a How'd dog. How'd that go? Where does That's he live? him. He spent $14,000 to be a dog. Man, he looks like a dog. He well, really it's looks. It's a suit, right? Except, he didn't actually. Yeah, it's a suit. Yeah. Well, except where the long except legs he's, come in. <laughs> he didn't make any facial changes to himself, right? It's just a suit. Well, he identifies as a dog, though. Well, that's fine. I d- did he have any actual surgery on himself to, to help the look? Rough. Uh, a good boy. He, I don't know. He's a dog now. I don't so know. So what happened in public? Where does he live? Um, he, don't tell me New York or Philadelphia. It looks like it's a big. It's a big city. Yeah, he lives in a big city. And somebody's taking him for a walk and taking him for a walk. He's a dog now. Why can't he be a dog? And y'all can just step okay, off. So why okay? is this the news of the weird then? He's news of the weird because apparently he's uh, he's bites back at online sex trolls. People want to have yeah re- furries. Re- they get the furry stuff going. They want to have sex with his dog with, orifices. With him, apparently, okay. Or him. You know what? One of the words you shouldn't say for emotionally stable kids, or whatever, is dog orifices. Well, I, I'm not talking to kids here. No, they say, say you cannot convince me that this isn't some weird sex. Yeah, thing. people think he's doing it for some yeah. sex thing. Do you this, think some people want to have sex with him? Well, do they want to have sex with the person inside the costume or the actual? Did he create genitals for for himself as a dog too? He, I don't. I don't. It's no. a very realistic costume. I really don't. I want to stay away. You're asking me questions. I know, but I, I need I'm information. trying to stay away from the whole thing. But why are you why are you asking me then? Well, I'm just wondering what you think. Do you want to have sex with this dog? No, I, no, I've seen that dog. I don't want. I don't have sex with any dogs. Let's be clear. <laughs> it's not that specific dog. But, no dogs. Right. Well, this one can that's say a rule. yes or no. You know, that's a rule, this right? This one can actually I've decide. always had that rule. No sex with dogs. You have? Yeah, no. Yeah. I good, like hey, it's, good, it's a good rule to live by. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. No, 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 no. Shouldn't really have to be a rule, though. Well, in this, guy, in this case, you got to let people know because there's a human inside the dog. Hey, eat, no sex with dogs, humans inside dogs. No. No. Nothing. I'm out. Any of I'm that out. Stuff. What, if she was, what if it was a girl and she was hot inside there? No furries. She'd have to take off the costume. I'm not having sex with her inside, while she's you wearing that costume. Time it is? We're literally done we're, now. Uh, we're done. We're done. That's a shame. I wanted to keep talking about <laughs> having sex or not with col- with collies or people inside the collie costume. Well, unfortunately, this is where Chastain lives, right here. Okay. <laughs> They didn't want to be a part of this, but they are right now. Because Chastain Ford is a summer sales event. And I want to tell you something. It's the best. I love doing business with Chastain Ford. I love buying my cars from Chastain Ford. I've had so many car experiences throughout my life. I'm old now, right? So I bought, bought a bunch of cars throughout my life. And the best experience that I've had is a Chastain Ford. It's just so – I bought my Expedition there, and now I, now I bought my uh, F-150 Lightning, and I love it. Listen, they've got all of the different F-150s on the lot right now ready for you because they've got their summer sales event. And you can order them through the portals, or you can just go – uh, on, or you can go to the dealership and pick one out because they do have them. They've also got work transits, and they will customize used or new 
work transit. They will customize for you and your business, which is perfect. So this is a truck month. This is a summer sales event. This is the best time to go and get your truck on at Chastang Ford. You're looking for the best place to get it commercially or, or, or if you're a private citizen, it doesn't matter. You've got it all at Chastang Ford right now in their summer sales event. They're going to do the best job that you possibly can at ChastangFord.com on 610 at Homestead, not Hempstead, five minutes from downtown Chastang Ford. 